0: Hello, welcome to The Audio Guide, an arts and culture podcast dedicated to give a voice to the people behind amazing creative projects. I'm Constance, and in this episode, my guest is the gallery director Federica Beretta. The one thing
1: that uh, Italy teaches you, I think is um, the taste for beauty. You're surrounded by beauty constantly. You're just surrounded by incredible palaces, uh, by churches, by stunning gardens, Even people dress so nicely and uh, even the clothes, you know, they're works of art. And uh, I'm so grateful for Italy because, uh, yeah, it it educated my taste, I think.
0: Director of the international London-based opera gallery, Federica is also a journalist from Italy, who moved to London a few years ago for her studies in cultural management. She stayed in the big city since to the point of becoming a real Londoner, very fast, very busy. She offered me a coffee as soon as I entered her apartment last October in central London, even though she says she doesn't drink any because otherwise she wouldn't sleep for the next 10 days. Besides her work, Federica writes for art magazines such as the cover of Freeze Art Fair for Art Tribune and Art Life. With her delicious Italian accent, Federica talks with a smile about her passion for journalism, the art world, public arts, and the must-seen exhibitions in London. But we also talk about Brexit and the arts market, her love for her home country, Italy, and the power of listening to others.
1: I'm Federica Beretta. I'm um, the director of Opera Gallery London. Opera Galleries, a network of galleries. We have 13 spaces across the globe, in the Middle East, US, um, Asia, and in Europe.
0: So you moved from Italy to study a Master's degree in Arts Policy and Management at City yeah. University London, and stayed in the big city since. Was it always the plan to stay and settle here in London?
1: <laughs> uh, funny enough, I didn't really have a plan. Uh, <laughs> But if, if I tell you how I got my first job, I mean, you're going to laugh. It's uh, it's just so random. And uh... so what I did is um, I went to Mayfair. Uh, I ended up in Berkeley Square. I didn't really know where I was, you know, and I just thought, oh, this is fantastic. I saw so many galleries or I would love to work in. So I went home, I printed all my CVs uh, to get ready for the day after, you know. The day after, I tried to go back. But, you know, I come from a like, little village of 13,000 people. And uh, I just thought that, uh, you know, it's easy. Like, yeah, I, you, I go back there, but I didn't check the route. And I ended up like completely in the wrong size. I've been walking for hours. I could not find the galleries where I, was, I wanted to <laughs> to work. <laughs> so in the end, uh, I don't know, it's so bizarre, but uh, like this bus passed in front of me and uh, it's at Chelsea. And I, th- I literally thought, oh, I never visited Chelsea. I should, should really visit Chelsea. So I jumped on that bus, like, you know, the very typical double decker, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I saw the Royal Chelsea Hospital. And I thought, oh, that's a beautiful building. Let me let me stop and visit it. By then, I I literally gave up on the idea of giving out my CVs that day because I was I was just so discomforted and I just uh, I just felt so stupid, you know. After <laughs> thinking that you can find the same street without looking for the route, and uh, so I ended up in Pimico Road. And I thought, uh, oh, hang on a I minute. Mean, like I, I love this place. There are so many nice galleries. I really should try. So I took out my CVs. The first gallery where I went to, they told me, oh, mm, sorry, but we have no internships at the moment. So I thought, OK, like they have no internships. I, I should I should try to, to say that I want to volunteer, you know, that, of course, it doesn't really make any sense because I volunteer in a commercial art gallery is a bit bizarre. <laughs> it's more for museums. So I ended up like going to the second gallery and I said, can I volunteer in this gallery? And uh, of course, I, the manager was there and it made him laugh because mm. uh, it was such an unusual request. And he said, well, actually, we are looking for a sort of press office for our new exhibition. So we ended up having an interview. I simply <laughs> had to remember to take a business card at the end of the interview because I had no idea of where I was, <laughs> like, literally. So, yeah, that's how I started like my internship. And then the internship became part-time. And then the part-time became full-time. And I uh, ended up staying there for years the no plan
0: is a plan actually mm,
1: no i think of course you need to have very clear in your mind like in what sector you would like to work but then you need to also be quite flexible and also i think uh, to see what opportunities there are at the moment you know because my idea was always to work in museums uh, but i actually ended up in a private uh, gallery and uh, by working there i realized that it was the best work ever for me you know that was the best job because uh, it really combines the business aspect together with the artistic aspect. And probably I find it even more exciting rather than just a museum because there is also the commercial side. It's quite intriguing, I think, that is, uh, offers you lots of adrenaline, you know. So in the end, I, I loved it and I thought that's exactly what I want to do and that's what I would like to continue doing.
0: You've been always very connected to your own country, even though you've, you've been here. And starting your career as a journalist, including for, wait for it, like Gazette the department. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I also read that you were even a member of the Italian Press and Journalists Association. Like, do you still practice as a journalist besides your job at the gallery?
1: Yeah, I I do. Yeah. So I have to say that journalism for me was a, a blessing. I think it's, it's a fantastic experience that you gain because you learn how to uh, liaise with uh, school kids as well as politicians and literally the whole spectrum. And you also learn how to make people feel comfortable, I think. Yeah, in particular, like, you learn how to connect and sympathize with people, I think. Uh, because, of course, like, it's, it's not always easy. You know, you, you could end up on a, on a crime scene or you could end up uh, like in an accident where people died. So it was really quite emotionally strong. I mean, I was 18 when I, I first, the, the first dead body, you know, it was quite shocking. Yeah, and, and I greatly enjoyed it. I mean, it was very intense. I was writing uh, like two pages of a newspaper every every week. I yeah, worked really hard, but I loved it. I mean, such a great gem, like great practice of writing uh, to connect with human beings, you
0: know, yeah, <laughs> any sort yeah, yeah. of a human being. And do you so still do you still practice now?
1: Yeah. So what's happened is that f- from current affairs, I actually been um, concentrating mainly on uh, cultural um, news. At some point, I was reviewing exhibitions already, and uh, and I just realized that by meeting artists uh, that I really wanted to work in this field, like specifically in the art world. Yeah, it's very natural and. Uh, I love doing different things and I think that that you always have to be very curious and uh, try to um, always exit your comfort zone because Mm -hmm. after a while of of doing a job, you feel like you're so comfortable doing it, uh, you know, to say, you know, you know how you feel and uh, you just, you always have to challenge yourself. Do you
0: feel comfortable in your position as a director of opera gallery?
1: I think we have such a vast inventory that you always feel like you you, ha- you want to learn more, you know, want to study more. And yeah, we really have probably hundreds of different artists we work with. So there is always something to learn. There is always something that you want to study. You want to deepen your knowledge of. So no, of course, like every day you feel like you have to learn more, you know, you want to learn more. And because uh, uh, we have wonderful artists we work with, we, we have wonderful collectors we've been working with for years. But on the other hand, I think that uh, a daily study is very much needed to keep up with all the yeah the new artists we have or the new artworks uh, that we have for the secondary market. Yeah, but that's what keeps it, uh, I think, very interesting.
0: So, yeah, just talking about Opera Gallery in London, mainly a gallery that shows international emerging artists alongside masters of contemporary art and modern art. So, for example, just to have an idea of like the type of show that you present. What's the current exhibition right now and what's coming next?
1: So the moment uh, we have um, a solo exhibition of the, the Austrian uh, avant-garde artist Hermann Nietzsche, the, who really was a pioneer, you know, in his field. He was one of the first ones that started in Europe with performative art, with gestural art. And he's doing something that I absolutely adore. That he's creating the scenography for uh, operas. Is something just simply incredible because you have to imagine, uh, I don't know, more than 60 meters uh, canvases, uh, probably like uh, nine meters to, uh, high. Under you have 12 canvases, huge canvases on the floor just behind uh, the opera singers. So he has a team of 20 uh, members that are uh, always connected wireless with him and he directs them. So Herman actually is a fantastic, uh, very versatile artist and he creates this uh, scenography. So he you have uh, um, those twelve canvases on the floor uh, with uh, um, paint that is uh, thrown in a sort of Pollock style, and then uh, uh, the assistants walk on the canvases, uh, and for the whole act, paint is poured over uh, over these canvases, and the assistants move the paint with uh, their hands, with their bodies, uh, even with brooms. You know, it's very unusual materials. So, so it's really something, I think, incredibly powerful, and somehow it reflects the idea of total art, total work of art. So it really is a very holistic, very overwhelming experience that stimulates all the senses. Next year, we have a very big program of other exhibitions and art fairs, and I think also we're going to be working a lot with public art, as we've been doing the past years.
0: So... Opera Gallery is basically emerging artists, but also like masters of contemporary art. Do you tend to have shows that are linking them together or like kind of having a sort of Discussion or dialogue between the two artists or two movements.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it's a peculiarity of Opera gallery the fact that we combine in the same displays uh, masters uh, together with uh, more contemporary artists. So you can have work by Andy Densler, who is a Swiss contemporary artist, right next to a Pablo Picasso, right next to a Marc Chagall, uh, right next to a Jean Miró. Yeah, we, we try to have quite a, an open-minded approach about art. And you can even have it right next to some street art, like you can have it next to Keith Haring or Kenny Scharf and Andy Warhol. So I think it's also, yeah, one of the things that our living artists as I love the most is the fact that we combine their artworks on display together with some great masters.
0: Is it like a sort of strategy, actually, to kind of like bring new artworks to a collector that might collect for a long time masterpiece?
1: Yeah, very often, uh, you know, maybe clients uh, make their first acquisition with a contemporary artists with a sort of price range. Then once they trust us, once they are happy with their acquisition, then uh, we're very advised, of course, on uh, um, building a collection together. And we have our uh, collectors that have private museums and they're very happy with yeah, different uh, artworks, uh, contemporary, as well as uh, super contemporary masters. Mm-hmm.
0: Becoming the director of an international gallery like this one, is it something you always wanted to be? Oh, gosh, no. So when I was a child,
1: I wanted to be a hairdresser.
0: (laughs) Well, you have beautiful hair. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) No, that was a,
1: yeah. Then then I went through being a doctor. I went through being a, a math teacher. So I think I've been through everything college uh, years in my high school years I wanted to be a writer so that's how I started uh, yeah, being have a journalist because that was my dream yeah then I realized that yeah journalism is a wonderful profession but uh, yeah very hard nowadays and uh, art has always been my passion so I just thought I would concentrate on that and uh, also you know as since I'm not a native speaker I just thought there is no point in competing with uh, um, the native speakers here it's better to play on a fairer ground
0: <laughs> yeah just like your Italian accent brings the charm, right? Oh, like if you, you say so.
1: <laughs> you know the 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 beautiful thing I think I think about Italy. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely proud of to be born and be raised there, and uh, very grateful because um the one thing that uh, Italy teaches you, I think, is um the taste for beauty. Like you're you're surrounded by beauty constantly. You're just surrounded by incredible palaces, uh, by churches, by stunning gardens. Uh, even people dress so nicely and uh, like even, even the clothes, you know, they're works of art. And uh, I'm so grateful to Italy because, uh, yeah, it, it educated my taste, I think. Yeah, you're surrounded by beauty everywhere you go, you know, even the landscapes, uh, like everything you see, even the food, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, it, it is a work of art. You know, everything is a work of art. And I think that really made a big difference and uh, influenced me uh, in that way, like, that I wanted to do something related to art. Um, despite, of course, we have lots of problems, you know, we, we, we of course, we can always improve the way in which we promote our cultural heritage. I mean, we have such a vast cultural heritage uh, that we should t- be taking care of. And I mean, it's this massive potential. And of course, I like, would love to maybe go back yeah, I'm very attached to my country, and of course, my family is there. I think that, of course, the, the economic situation and also the um, the arts and cultural scene is not as vibrant as it is in London right now. But, um, it's another
0: it's another vibe, is it?
1: Yeah, it, it is. But I think that this can also change. You know, it can always improve. And I think that uh, yeah, we've seen uh, lots of projects uh, recently that actually showed uh, uh, that things are changing also in Italy and uh, they're improving for the better. And uh, so, of course, I would love going back. And uh, yeah, for instance, uh, at you know Palazzo Strozzi in Florence, uh, Arturo Galanzino is he, the director there. And I think he's been making, you know, he's been making really a fantastic job uh, with uh, all the exhibitions that he's been planning. And uh, um, he really tried to blur the, the boundaries between high culture, low culture and the, Um, you know, he just made uh, this uh, show with the Jeff Koons and uh, he's really trying to make uh, contemporary art more approachable, uh, more accessible. Uh, He also had experience abroad, you know, and uh, uh, he came back and uh, he turned one of of our best museums into something fantastic. So yeah, I really think I would love that. Yeah, of course.
0: Okay, let's go back to your job right now. Could you just tell us, like, what is your day-to-day job look like?
1: So... Um, Of course, the gallery where I used to work was smaller before, so I tend to do more things. Um, Now, of course, it's uh, more of a team work uh, because it operates, of course, a big corporations. And uh, yeah, we we have very different departments. So we have the communication department, the marketing department, the logistic department, the finance. So now uh, my role is more like orchestrating and uh, supervising to make sure that everything uh, works smoothly. But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, daily routine, it's really varied that... For instance, we just opened this uh, big public art project uh, in Marble Arch uh, with the Anthony James Dole exhibition. We uh, work with the City of Westminster Council, uh, together with uh, um, also W1 Curates. And we created these uh, three rooms, uh, sort of infinity rooms, uh, where uh, there are these artworks called light field. You have uh, cubes that are interconnected by a computer brain. You have tritohedrons that are these uh, solid uh, geometrical shapes. And the artist actually works with stainless steel LED lights and uh, special glass. They're sort of light sculptures just to, uh, to make you visualize what these sculptures are about. So I've been preparing this project. Uh, yeah, preparing all the marketing, the communication, uh, preparing uh, uh, the logistic of it, because the artist studio is in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, some collectors, maybe they want to have a meeting because they would like to explore more, uh, I don't know, like Chinese art. Uh, or uh, Yeah, so it, it really is so varied. It goes from um, maybe writing a, a preface of a, an exhibition catalogue to preparing uh, uh, an art fair. Yeah, it, it is so varied, and that's what I love
0: about it. <laughs> Do you have any favorite things that you love about your job?
1: Yeah, I think recently it's become public art. Uh, public art is something that uh, really inspires me. And um, I think it's a win-win situation for everyone, you know, because in a moment in which uh, uh, public funds are so limited, like museums and institutions that are kind of struggling, I think private galleries really have a role to play in the public art. So, in you know, installing uh, uh, sculptures or art uh, um, that uh, is accessible, that everyone can see and visit, that is free. And, you know, even you know, just a second, but if it inspires someone, if it enlightens their day, you know, it's just something uh, that makes a difference. And it brings lots of people uh, into the city centre. And as we know, uh, after COVID, uh, all the main metropolis, then they really needed uh, to have uh, attractions, something that would uh, uh, bring people back together uh, in the city centre of the town. So. Uh, yeah, I think public art is one of the things that moves me the most at the moment. And uh, also that, uh, yeah, it's win-win because, you know, like it's fantastic for the public uh, to see, to appreciate art. Uh, also in a safe environment. Uh, they are mainly outdoor, of course. And at the same time, of course, our collectors are very happy because they see that uh, uh, the artists that they acquired works of are uh, uh, also public organizations. So they see the value in uh,
0: this artists' work and uh, they love it. Also, for someone who wanted to work in museums and in public institutions, it's a bit of a, a dream come true, right?
1: <laughs> I don't, don't say that uh, it's going to resolve the problems of the world, you know, but <laughs> it'll be yeah. a little, you know, little thing, you know. And the, the thing that I can do yeah, is public art. And I think, I mean, we had so many comments that you wouldn't believe, like on social media or people who pop by and that and even for the artists is something very important because uh, um you know the artists that you have the artists, that are sort of their babies and they give up their babies they 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 let them go you know and uh, uh, very often they they end up maybe in a private collection uh, and they don't see it ever again whereas with public art uh, you have the words there you see and uh, you see people's reaction that for an artist is very important because sometimes you know you give the works to the galleries and you don't you don't see them again whereas uh, when you give them to the community, uh, when you give them to the public, uh, um, the pu- public comments on it and in the reception for the public art project that we've been doing has been extraordinary. And, uh, and the artists, I think, are the most touched by it because they said, I, had, I never actually been able to speak to the public that much. And uh, on, on social media, they went, Crazy! They they were commenting how how exciting these installations were, how inspiring, uh, and how thrilled they were to see. It. And and what is really counts is the fact that uh, maybe these people have never stepped into a museum, and they would never do that, you know. But the fact that they see they see the works in the public domain for free, uh, maybe it's gonna inspire them to to live their life differently.
0: Yeah, living in London and on a business side of things did you notice any change since brexit
1: yes of course like definitely also because we have galleries in paris in monaco in geneva i mean in particular monaco and uh, paris of course are within the free circulation we we did notice a difference in particular because uh lot of our collectors are european collectors yes absolutely brexit uh really affected uh, the way we work the way uh, in particular our logistic department works well, you have import taxes now, and uh, lots of our artists are actually based in Europe. Uh, so when you import, of course, it's uh, you have to pay the taxes. And the same thing when uh, works go out. Uh, so, so it's more it's expensive. Been, uh, yeah, it's more expensive and uh, more paperwork, uh, lots of paperwork. Uh, but I think uh, I think they're still working it out. I mean, they're, they're putting in place uh, various processes that will make it easier. They will make it smoother, I'm sure. I mean, the British are great at logistics, so I'm sure that uh, they will work out a way um, Literally, it just happened. So in the long term, I'm sure it will uh, actually turn out to be a good thing.
0: You talk about sacrifices, many, many hours yeah. extra. What does it take to do what you do?
1: So what is very important, I think, is uh, to, like, to define the sector where you want to work and then uh, try to... To see the competencies that you would need to get, like the skills that you need to develop in order to achieve uh, the either the position or the, the place where you want to work. So I think it's yeah, it's um, quite methodical actually. Like you, okay, I need I need to have experience in a gallery. Okay, then I get experience in a gallery. You know, there there are certain things that you cannot control, of course, but uh, what you can control, you need to make sure that you do. Right, to gain all the skills, to develop all the skills that you need in order to achieve the result. And what would you say your challenge were along the way? So I think uh, England is a fantastic place for, for um, a woman to have her career because they're very open-minded, not sexist. and uh, uh, But of course, like being a, a foreigner, I mean, I always felt very welcome here. i very welcome. And I'm very grateful for the opportunities that have been given to me. But of course, like I was a foreigner, I was a woman, and I was very often half of the age of the other people, you know, so... Yeah, it's been very challenging sometimes, but uh, on the other hand, I think that um, it's very important like, to, it's like I uh, compare it to learning other languages, you know, like when, when you learn another language, you need to be very humble and you need to listen a lot. I think like learning how to do a job is the same thing because uh, then, of course, like, you develop your own uh, thinking and you develop your own ideas, uh, but in the beginning, just be hum- very humble and uh, listen to people who have more experience just because they've already been through it. It's a great shortcut. Like you you learn much faster. Uh, again, like then it's your own decision, your own uh, choice. But just listen.
0: So, would it be like your advice for <clears> anyone <throat> wanting to start a career in the art world?
1: Uh, my advice, okay. Well, f- first of all, like, do it. Like, don- don't, don't. Uh, because you know, I, um, I was, I was, uh, I was supposed to be a dentist. Like, my father, my father was a dentist. My grandfather, like, the family wanted me to be a dentist. You know, so yeah, you can imagine how disappointed uh, they must have been. <laughs> but uh, like the mo- the most difficult thing in the art world, I think, is uh, to decide to do it. Like to decide to get into the art world. <laughs> that is already a hard decision to take because, uh, as you know, it, it's it's a hard career. I mean, you know, you know that uh, not everyone uh, makes great money. Not everyone uh, can make a living out of it. Uh, so it's a hard choice to say, okay, I'm I'm gonna um, invest all my time and energy to work in the art world uh, rather than being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever you know. But again, I really believe—I'm a strong believer—that if you do what you love, you can exceed in what you do. Yeah, I was enrolled in, in economics in the beginning, you know, but I I, I quickly realized that uh, I was not willing to spend extra hours. Uh, uh, I mean, my heart was not there, you know. Like, again, if the heart is not there, you, you you won't be able to succeed in what you do. Just do it. Like if if that's what uh, moves you, that's what that's where your heart is. Uh, just do it, and you will find a way. And if you don't, it's not the end of the world. You do something else. But uh, just Try, because otherwise you'll regret it, no? You, you will regret it at some point. And second, wise, I was saying, like listen to people who have more experience, simply because they've been through that already, and they, they might tell you what's the best way to do it. And then never be afraid to ask. You know, sometimes like, it's all in our head, like you think, oh, I will never be able to get that job, I will never be able to do that, yeah? But... Sometimes you realize that if you actually ask, you get it. <laughs> so you know, never underestimate yourself. Because I know that, like, we have um, a lot of guys and girls that um, do the internship with us, and that they're always uh, feeling not confident enough, maybe to to apply for a certain job. And but you know, you never know what the other people are gonna be like. I think that what is the most important thing is your good attitude, like to show you're proactive, to show. You would work hard for it. That you love it. That you're you're very passionate about it. And uh, I, even myself, like, when when I recruit somebody, like for me, like you, they have to have um, that in their eyes. You know, they they have to have a burning. Uh, soul. like they they you need to feel that they love it. That they wanna uh, they want to do it. Because sometimes it doesn't matter if you don't know the name of an artist. Like you can always learn it. You can always study it. You know, mm-hmm. you can always uh, become a specialist in it. But uh, the attitude is the fundamental thing, like be proactive and be very uh, enthusiastic about what you do.
0: Is there any changes you would like to see in the art world? I think it's already changing a lot, you know. Probably pre-pandemic, I would have
1: told you, I wish it was not so reluctant to technology. I wish uh, it was a little bit uh, less snobbish, uh, but uh, I think this, this already is changing, uh, thanks to the, the pandemic, paradoxically. <laughs> All these these uh, structural changes that were little by little happening pre-pandemic, I think the pandemic actually accelerated that, and uh, we all went online. And you know, online it doesn't it doesn't really matter uh, the 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 dress you're wearing. The it's been leveling the ground a bit, you know. And uh, I think online also sometimes contents are more important compared to the facade, compared to mm. appearance. Yeah, I think like some of the changes that I wanted to see in the ardor are, thanks God, already happening uh, thanks to the pandemic. I think there's less that sort of glamorous aspect. Private use were all about uh, like going there with the, the right high heels or clothes and all. but now I think it's it's changing a lot because uh, you know, even people that uh, have been working from home in their pyjamas or whatever, <laughs> like I think people got used to um, being more more relaxed about their clothes and a bit more relaxed about their lives. Um, also fashion changed. Exactly. Which is interesting. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think that people give less, imp- well, little bit, you know, people are giving less importance to that and more importance to content because, mm-hmm. you know, like when uh, when you have to um, grasp the attention of uh, um, people online on a Zoom meeting, uh, it's not your uh, body language, it's not your, uh, uh, it's just all about the content, right? So yeah, I think, um, yeah, the pandemic actually placed, uh, stressed the importance of uh, valuable content in, in that regard.
0: What type of sound? Would you like to hear right now? A sound? Mm-hmm. Any type of sound.
1: Oh, nice. Nice question. <laughs> um, the, um, that electric sound, because yesterday I went to um, this exhibition that we did with the Anthony James Works. So the artist like, created also the music for the experience. Really? And it's a sort of electronical sound. it actually works really well with the works because they explore the concept of infinity. Uh, so you almost feel this in front of these sculptures and the, this music actually enhances it even more. And I think that, yeah, outside is raining, you know, so it's like, I feel like a, you know, a bit in a, that sort of
0: electronical mood. Any recommendation on any cultural stuff you've been hooked by recently, like a book, a movie, an exhibition, an artist, like anything you would like to share with us?
1: Yeah, sure. I think that there is a very um, edgy contemporary art space. It's called a, a one hundred eighty strand, and they have very interesting exhibition. I went to see Aikida recently. Now they have a new show with uh, all digital art. And I think that's a great place where to start if you want to get your head around the NFTs and around uh, digital art. I uh, mean, uh, digital art has been there for a while, but uh, I think that, of course, because of the pandemic as well, you know, everyone is uh, interested in uh, uh, what they're doing. And there is a great selection of 12 uh, uh, digital artists that are exhibited. Yeah, and I think it's really good to, ha- to, to grasp a better understanding of uh, uh, what's going on in the digital art world.
0: What can I wish you for your nearest future?
1: To always uh, like realize uh, how fortunate we are in, in working in the art world. Because um, sometimes you take it for granted. It's just normal to work with uh, amazing artists, uh, to work with great collectors. Uh, and it's not normal, you know.
0: <laughs> well, talking about gratefulness, my last question is, what are you grateful for
1: today?
0: <laughs> what am I grateful for?
1: Yeah, I think like working with artists is something that is just so intellectually stimulating. I think it it takes a lot of courage to be an artist. Uh, You need to be very brave to put your works out there because you're exposed to any sort of criticism and judgment. Uh, I feel very privileged to be working with with artists. And at the same time, also with collectors. Because collectors are very well-read, um, maybe they're polygloth, um, very well-travelled, um, maybe fantastic businessmen, uh, uh, and you know, you can learn so much from them, like, uh, and having a, a conversation with them every day is such a blessing, you know, because you literally learn, like, nonstop. stop And uh, yeah, I think I'm very privileged for, for this job, and uh, the fact that uh, it sort of made, made my dreams come true. Even if in the beginning I really didn't know what my dream was, you know, but uh, you have to, you know, try different things and see what uh, where your heart is. I think I don't know if you remember when we got, our, uh, you remember our graduation ceremony? Mm-hmm. There was a phrase that they said, uh, like I've been thinking about the law, and it was like if your dreams uh, don't scare you, they're not big enough if you don't ask you don't get you know if, if you don't dream you you will never accomplish your dreams you know and uh um yeah it feels like a dream like the the job i'm doing and uh i'm grateful for everything like <laughs> frankly it's uh there's nothing
0: i'm not grateful for in the job i'm doing really well federica thank you so so much for your time today no thank
1: you for having me it was great thank you
0: This was the audio guide. I'm Constance and thanks to my guest, Federica Beretta. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The free public installation of Anthony James at Marble Arch in London will be on view until the 9th of January 2022. You can follow Federica Beretta on Instagram at FedericaBeretta90 and on Twitter at berettafederic 8 And if you haven't done yet, you can always check Opera Gallery latest exhibitions at Opera Gallery. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it to a friend or on social media. You can follow the audio guide on all podcasting platforms and on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening and have a great one.